This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 39 of Sustainable-ish. And I say warm welcome because it really does feel like the weather is starting to warm up and we're starting to maybe have a little bit of a summer. And if you're anything like us, the kids start to clamour for a paddling pool as soon as the weather gets above, I don't know, about 18 degrees and we have one sunny day. So we get one, we spend hours and use a lot of precious water filling it up. They then play with it for about three seconds, decide it's too cold or the sun goes in and it then sits there collecting dead bugs and grass and leaves for a week or two, then somehow gets a puncture, which may or may not be related to the dog jumping in it, and starts a sad, slow decline, leaving us with a swampy area on the lawn, sad children and a large amount of plastic destined for landfill. So if you are like us, then you will want to listen in to today's podcast with Wyatt and Jack. Wyatt and Jack are an amazing small family business based in Ride on the Isle of Wight that repurpose fabric from vintage deck chairs, bouncy castles, paddling pools and inflatables and turn them into the most amazingly gorgeous drool-worthy bags. So far, they have saved somewhere between 80 and 90 tonnes of material from landfill. Now, when Georgia told me that, I thought that sounded quite impressive, but it doesn't really mean a lot, does it? A ton. That's the equivalent to the weight of around 60 family cars to give you some kind of perspective on that. So in this episode, I'm chatting to Georgia, who is the founder of Wyatt & Jack, about how the business came about, how a tiny little one or two man band ended up working with the likes of the National Trust and Thomas Cook. Georgia shares her amazing story, her brilliant ethos and the passion and the drive that she has behind Wyatt and Jack, and also about repurposing and reusing. So if you find yourself with a punctured lilo or beach ball or even bouncy castle this year, then join in with Wyatt and Jack's inflatable amnesty and keep all of that plastic out of landfill. Enjoy this episode. Hey Georgia, welcome to Sustainable-ish. Morning! (laughs) You're very bright and cheery this morning, it's fabulous. (laughs) Um, Can you, let's start off like we always do with asking you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Wyatt and Jack. Hi, um, I'm Georgia, obviously, you just said that, and uh, I'm the founder and director of Wyatt and Jack. And we make bags from vintage deck chair canvas, broken bouncy castles and... X inflatables. 
<laughs> and you don't just make bags, you make beautiful, gorgeous, lustworthy bags that have me drooling over them every time I see an update on Instagram. <laughs> well, we're trying to, it's funny because we, we, we've got loads of bags and we had loads of bags and we started, I mean, it's like nine years old now. So we had loads and loads of different bags. And now the focus has very much become on salvage or fabric as quickly as possible. So we've stuck to a few designs at the moment in order to turn over fabric right. as we can. Um, and then gradually towards the end of, you know, um, of this, you know, the end of each rush, and we'll bring out another product because I, I love the shape and it's, it, you know, they're a good shape, they're quite simple, but at the same time, there's part of my head that's like, you know, oh, I want to make this bag. Yes. Yeah. Let all the ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just trying to execute them all. Yeah. Yes. So you just said that you're nine years old now, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. How did how did it start? Was the idea always to use reclaimed fabric? Have you always been in a sort of creative field? Well, um, I've always been mad, maybe. <laughs> I um, I have um, been making stuff out of all the other stuff, as my mum likes to remind me. For, well, my whole life, probably. I started writing, and from an um, environmental point of view, I was writing letters to the Australian government when I was like 10 or something. Did you grow up in Australia then? No, no, I was just writing them from <laughs> Just picked Australia. So, yeah, about oh, it's something different every week. So Japanese, yeah. I'm sort of whaling and then right, yes. culling and all these kind of things. I knew nothing about just like, oh no, but this has got to stop. And then um, started making stuff out of other stuff. Probably I made a a hat out of fruit salad and blackjack wrappers when I was at, at, at um, doing my A-levels. Have you got a picture? Yeah, I've got a picture. Oh somewhere. my God, you need to send me a picture so I can put it on the show notes so we can all see it. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and other bits and pieces like magazine articles put out and stuck on the back of tops and things yeah. like that. Wow. And then um, I was sharing, I got my degree in ceramics and I was sharing a workshop with father who had early onset Parkinson's and he asked me to take the fabric off of some sunbeds 70 sunbeds so he could scrap the metal so I did that and it was like a yellow sort of PVC and I really liked the fabric and it said for hire on it so I kept it and made myself a bag and then someone saw it and I made another bag and then uh, I kind of thought this has got to be happening all over the country because he was a beach concessionaire so he had right. first decades and things that he was recovering every year because of damage or whatever mm-hmm. and I just loved the fabric some of them really vintage stripes so I started just driving <laughs> this is a completely normal sentence um just driving around the country finding beach concessionaires and seeing if they wanted to do the same thing and they're like what do you want that for and I was like I don't really know yet but I just like <laughs> to throw it away you know and then yeah. and then obviously there's been a kind of I don't know I think it's funny now because there's such a drive towards sustainability and you'll mm. find, you know, you all know this as well, that um, I think to me it's obvious. I don't think it's it's like, uh, you know, and I kind of started out with the business sort of trying to say, look, it's, it's obvious, it's not ethical, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. That never really caught on. It still hasn't. So it's like, you know, it is still called an ethical business, a sustainable business. But to me, I yeah. yeah, because why wouldn't you? I mean, I just don't think it makes any sense to throw something away if you can use it, even if it's not in its first form. But I wouldn't say that I sort of thought, I'm going to start an ethical business. Mm-hmm. It was just very much an organic kind of thing. And we're like 80 tons in now, maybe something, 80, 90 tons in. Whoa. 
Like, yeah, it's mental. So, um, so yeah, that's how it's that's how it started. And then I was, you know, I started with the Dextro Canvas. Surface Against Sewage put the first order in, and then they obviously gave us a bigger reach, and more people saw yes. it. And then we did a couple of trade shows that wasn't really for us because we're not, none of us are really salespeople. We're uh-huh. just sort of makers and should be kept out of public view. <laughs> <laughs> and then we moved on to Bouncy Castles because I saw my son on one one day and I thought, well, if it's happening, I think you know, if you think like that, then your brain automatically goes to that end. So, Lots of things all okay. the time, yeah. So, oh, there must be Bouncy Castle manufacturers or people renting them out where they have this problem and let's find out about that and then find out about that and then develop those supply chains and try and, you know, develop some trust. And, yeah. And, and developing the, the supply chains is, is, it was probably the thing that took the longest. And, um, you know, it's slightly easier now because people are contacting us and saying, we really want to be more sustainably minded. Right. So do you want to take this? Do you want to take that? But in the beginning, it was very much me really just not, like hounding people and saying look, please can have that old Dutch canvas and then going yeah if you want you you know you're weird yeah. <laughs> so the Bouncy Castles that is a phenomenal volume of fabric like a whole Bouncy Castle is that how you get it as a whole Bouncy Castle sometimes Sometimes you get it as a bouncy castle. Sometimes you get offcuts. Sometimes you get trampolines. Sometimes you get slides. Now we get everything, but we get, um, <laughs> you know, we got uh, a massive amount of offcuts initially, and then you can now buy bouncy castles, can't you? Also for your home. Oh so wow! Of those, you know, for kids, yeah, grown them or they've become. And in some cases, so we've got the inflatable Stonehenge here on the island, which is the. <laughs> Jeremy Della piece that won the Turner Prize in two. Well, he won the Turner Prize rather. Sorry, and then the Mayor of London's office commissioned Sacrilege, which is a a life-size inflatable Stonehenge, um, bounces two hundred people at the same time. It's bounced four hundred thousand people, they reckon, in total. And it's been around the equator eight times. Wow! Happens is when the PVC is exposed to extreme heat, um, again and again. That it sweats and the um, stitches disintegrate. Right. So it became decommissioned. So they contacted us, the Mayor of London's office contacted us and said, look, you know, do you want to take this? So we were like, yeah, obviously. So <laughs> we took that. And I really actually can't wait to get that started on that. It's been so busy, I haven't even... It's in a secret location on the island. Is it? Yeah. Because, yeah, you're based on the Isle of Wight, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And have you always been based on the Isle of Wight? Or? No, I'm from London originally. Okay. And then I moved to Cornwall for 12 years and then moved to the island to be near a family, really. And yeah. they were all here. So, okay. Um, yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's a really nice way of life and it enables us to do things that, you know, because we've got space. So yeah. that we wouldn't invariably be able to do in other places. And, um, you know, it's a different way of life. It's a slower way of life, I think. Is it? Oh. Mm. And how did the name Wyatt and Jack where did that come from? Family name. Okay. So Wyatt is my family name and um, Jack was my granddad and also my brother. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and so you said you've been running for nine years and we were talking just before I hit record and saying um, sometimes people assume that you're this big corporate brand and, and actually you were like, no, it's, it's just us. How many people, how many staff or how many people are involved? Well, it does make me laugh every time because <laughs> 
if I could actually see the setup, it would be uh, completely the opposite. Um, it's myself, my husband, Steve, Lou, who's amazing, makes the majority of the bags, especially the wholesale ones. Uh-huh. And um, friends and family as and when in the shop. Wow. So, so yeah, it properly is... Uh, yeah. a, a, fam- a, a small family business it is a f- small family business and, and I think people you know we work hard and I know you know people work hard and they do work hard and you know I'm not saying we work any harder but we do work really hard and it is possible to achieve those things and work with the kind of brands that we're working with now to achieve these goals if, if you if you want it badly enough I think I don't think you know if I'd have started it with a financial aim I wouldn't still be doing it now and so what was the aim, would you say, when you started? That's um, just as I was saying. So it's just like, I just don't think, I love the fabrics. I thought, yeah. why, would throw, why would you throw it away? It's not yeah. in any sense. So, um, and then it just grew from there. I just, I just don't see, uh, I, it, I, I can't explain it. It's just yeah. the way my brain works. I don't think you should throw something away if it's got another purpose. And it obviously, can be reused. Yeah. With the inflatable atmosphere, it's, it's um, which was last year. We tried to launch that the year before. We were too busy. And then I spoke to a friend of mine uh, who, who was the campaign director at Surface Against Sewage, who's now working for the Iron Alliance. He was like, you are mad. That's not going to work. No, oh, really? Yeah, well, not, not going to work, but do you realise the can of worms type thing? And that was before the plastic programme, you know, the David Attenborough yes. plastic programme, yep. which has, has really pushed everything our end but um so just I rewind that. a little minute for people who haven't heard of the inflatable amnesty tell us what that is <laughs> so basically sorry we're asking people to send us their inflatables instead of to landfill yeah so you can either as a business you can do that to be more sustainable and then you can have so in the case of the national trust they their rangers collect inflatables put them to one side and then we collect them and then they resell the inflatables in their new bag form in their locations so it's proper yeah, my, my, we get the national trust magazine and my, my mother-in-law was looking she went, your bags are in the because i bought one of your bags recently your bags oh. in the national trust magazine and and uh, so yeah and that was at studland um on the south coast and yeah said that they collect the inflatables that get left on the beach yeah. send them off to you and then sell them in their shop at studland and it's just beautiful yeah, it's a good it's a good circle that one. I th- I think it, that's proper. You know, we also have an end of life policy that we employ, but I really like the fact that those inflatables are found in that location. Yeah, in that location, it's great. It's amazing, and it's just up the road, so it's hardly any miles travelled either. And are there other national trust locations around the country yeah. going to get involved, or is it just Studland yeah. at the moment? It's the Central National Trust as well now, and then we have uh, the most recent one is Lyme Regis. Okay, yeah. We're talking to Pembroke at the moment. I, I think it, the National Trust is, is a really good example because they are not known to be particularly, or haven't rather, been known to be particularly sort of forward-thinking. Right. we were contacted by one of those their rangers after seeing the inflatable amnesty in... They saw it on Instagram and she contacted in, say, I think September time. And then by, uh, in time for Christmas, November, they had products in the shop. Wow. Which is, yeah, a really great turnaround, especially for such a large... Organisation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I think that's, that, that's completely disrupted how they normally work. 
and and in in a way that has been successful which is which is cool which means that other companies so now for example working with thomas cook or holiday i saw that yeah yeah and it, it is possible you just have to sounds really cheesy but you just have to not you just have to say yes and worry about it later really and you know oh right okay well we haven't done it before but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fraught with problems you yeah know, we'll see. and nine times out of ten it's absolutely fine yeah so did thomas cook approach you as well yeah wow brilliant yeah, we, don't, we don't approach anyone jen because i'm socially awkward <laughs> yes. so that's what i'm like i'm like i'm just gonna sit here and uh hope that people come and offer me work <laughs> doesn't really work does it because <laughs> I, I it's funny because I don't see you just said about the National Trust magazine and I don't know these things are happening because yeah. we're so literally up, up to the wall like up against yeah. really working and then we've got really nice sort of followers or people who like the page or something who'll say did you know you're in yes. today and it's really cool that they do that it's really I'll, I'll take a picture of it and uh, and post it on your Facebook too late, someone's already done it oh damn <laughs> I know, but we wouldn't know about it otherwise. And then suddenly we'll have like an influx of visits to the website. Yeah. Something's happened. There's something. Something something somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what kind of inflatables can people send you? Oh my God, we've had everything. (laughs) Literally everything. Um, We had a blow up man called Bert from (laughs) Hen Night. Oh no. Yeah. He got a good wipe down. Oh God, I bet. (laughs) <laughs> we get everything. We've had a really lovely one, which was a flamingo, and the lady got proposed to in Cuba or something with uh, on holiday with her now fiance and this flamingo. And she wanted. Did to she remember. buy the bag back? Yeah. Good. Yeah, because she wanted to remember that moment, and that's yeah. that's really cool. Because there's two ends. I didn't finish that sentence, which is completely normal. So the first part is that I went on a national trust tangent, but the second part of the business is the custom side, which is where a member of the public will send in an inflatable um, and want something made back from that particular inflatable as bespoke service, you know, which is really cool. And I don't ever want to lose that aspect of the business. So what we're trying to achieve is working on a custom level and working on a national corporate Mm -hmm. level at the same time. Not at all stressful. No, I imagine it's to the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... You know, lilos, as you say, kind of blow-up dolls, um, paddling pools. Are they all okay? Beach balls, yeah. We we can't accept them. We've tried to work with swimming caps, space hoppers, and right. Um, there's these little sort of rubber football things, but we can't get those. The machine just won't. It doesn't like them. At all. Yeah, we're still working on that. Um, we take latex balloons, but not helium balloons. At the moment. Okay, we're not making helium balloons anyway. That's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? But we take the, the latex balloons and um, air beds. And there's a, I've actually got, there's a, a piece of paper somewhere which will say exactly what we do and don't accept. Oh, okay. And the, uh, we reimburse postage for some things and then we will accept other things but can't reimburse postage just because of the influx of them. Right. And, um, and the way that we use everything. So I can send that across and, you know. Yeah, that'd be super. And then I can put that in the, incorporate that into the show notes so people can have a little look at that yeah, yeah. are there any any rules for what people can send you I mean you said there's these sort of guidelines but uh you know is there anything you've been sent and you're like really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
rubber gloves. Um, actually, it's funny because Lou, who makes the bags I was saying about, she doesn't like the feel of balloons. Right. So every time we get a balloon, and we open them, so people are waiting now. They ask, well, we started opening them as a joke on, on Instagram. On yeah. The story. And now we have people actively saying, oh, well, we love we love watching you open. <laughs> and Lou's like, if it's balloons, she's like, kind of got to feel them now. So she knows if it's balloons. And she's like, I'm not opening that one. You have to open that one. <laughs> so but we get to, like, nothing really dodgy, to be honest. We have right. whoopee cushion scent. We can use whoopee cushions. Oh, brilliant. Um, everything. Um, you know, like um, inflatable duck paddling pools and yeah slidey things that go in the garden trampoline canvas yeah um lots of your designs are really make a real feature of say a flamingo or a duck or anything like that but some of the stuff you or imagine quite a lot of the stuff is is quite sort of plain dull do you use that as the background and then embellish with the more fun bits yeah well what 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 has been uh what, what enabled us to do what we're doing with the infotainment is the basis in the bouncy castle fabric so those right. two fabrics lend themselves really well to each other ah. the difference being that uh bouncy castle fabric is inherently difficult to recycle because it's mixed fibers oh okay inflatable yep. can be recycled but the process of recycling them and remelting them down and using them again is also quite toxic yeah so they do the fabrics do lend themselves really well to each other um and we do use the whole inflatables we try and create as little waste as possible Amazing. Uh, but i think that um you know we never say and i'm really funny about never saying whilst we do employ the end of life policy but at the same time it's not a proper solution you know we're still we're just diverting we're swerving you know we're not We've never, as I said to you, I didn't start it saying, I'm going to create. It's just that, that way, being that personality as a, you know, myself, that's the way I thought it was obvious to go. So sometimes it can be quite, because we are a small team, it can be quite sort of oh, upsetting, I suppose, when people kind of say, oh, you know, it's not, it's still, and we know all that stuff. And we're just like everyone else, just doing our best. And we have so to people remember. People say that stuff will still end up in landfill or what's people's argument? It doesn't happen very often, to be fair. Mm. Occasionally, well, it is still plastic, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know that. We are, you know, everybody's got flaws. You know, we've still got things. I've got things I'm working on in the background all the time to try and be more sustainable. But sometimes the thinking behind um, being of a sustainable mind is actually um, out... um, what's the word I'm looking for, is actually further along than the technology to support that yes. thinking, if you yeah. know what I mean. So yeah. there aren't the solutions in place yet. So sometimes you'll be scrabbling around thinking, okay, I've got X, Y problem, I want to solve it. And um, and you actually can't because yeah. they haven't developed a way or we haven't developed a way as a, as a race to, to solve that particular problem yet. So yeah. I think it's really important to try and be kind and, you know, anyway, but um, especially, you know, in the ethical and sustainable businesses because, you know, you're supposed to, A, be setting an example and, B, remembering that we are all trying to do our best. Yeah. And we shouldn't be taking each other down. We should try yeah. and be supporting each other always. And um, 
I think some sometimes I've heard people say they don't want to label themselves as an ethical or sustainable business because then exactly that they will be people going well you can't be that ethical because you're doing that or you're doing that or you're doing that and it's like look guys we're just doing our best and I think as long as you can be transparent about look we, we acknowledge that we're not there on this bit yet and that's because of this and we're looking to work on that and I think oh yeah we're always very transparent I mean hmm. We got uh, a, a couple of um, things about because people send the inflatables in whatever they find. Yeah. Know? So they can have an inflatable sent in a plastic bag. But, you know, they're sending the inflatable and we will take when we can, and it's not like in a completely hideous condition, we will take that plastic bag and use it to stuff bags in the shop. So we're still yeah. not throwing it away. But we can't control what people send yeah, stuff to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just applaud them for sending for saying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because if, if people feel like they're being constantly attacked, it, it makes them not want to do this stuff. Yeah. And that becomes comes completely it negates what we're trying to do entirely so I always just say that you know the fact you're sending it is great that's great yes, it's, thank you, you. Know, people yeah. are just trying yeah yeah but thanks exactly thank you. what is the end of life policy so can people return their bags to you at the end of life I mean your bags are so robust I can't imagine they reach an end of life well yeah we haven't really had that happen um we've uh, only a few times and we just take them apart and try and reuse as many components yeah. as possible um do you offer a repair service? Yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, because I, I would like a repair service. Yeah. Not like, I don't suppose it's a particularly selfish view, but I just think every time I deal with a customer, and it is largely me at the moment dealing with customers that have got somebody else just starting now, um, I always think, how would I that resolved? So would I want to have... A refund would I want to have a you know a, a repair job would I want something and then I try and do do that you know and then we'll do it between us the best of our ability to try and make sure that people go away happy because it, it, you know it, it, that's what everyone should do yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because sometimes I say like I think consumers are so used to dealing with normal normal corporates yeah. who say no or, you, yeah. or they don't have a policy, or it's going to take you three months, and can you send pictures of you in uh, in a, having a bath in goat's milk in a full moon wearing the item, <laughs> and then and take a photo? I mean, it's ridiculous. So, so they're so used to, sometimes they come in, not aggressively, but expecting, expecting a no. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it totally wrong foots them when you're like, yeah, no problem, that's not a problem. Yeah, of course yeah. it's not a problem. Like, oh, because they're expecting, and that, and that's what's really sad is that we've come to a point now where people are immediately on the attack as a form mm. of defence. Yeah, we're trying to squash as as much of that as we can by just saying, yeah, you know, cool, it's it's fine. We want you to be happy with the product. Otherwise, what are we doing? Anyway? Yeah, and I can vouch yeah. for that because I I I. Really? and then wanted to swap it and you were so lovely and so and there is that kind of like apprehension like oh is this going to be okay but you were so lovely about it and yeah even you felt a bit apprehensive about contacting that's what I mean isn't it yeah you know you just don't know whether you're going to get a straight no or not yes so. yeah so what are some of the best and worst bits about working with reclaimed materials oh I get so excited about I'm such a nerd, honestly, Jen. I've, just, I've got a stash of deck chair canvases that I got. We got in the very, very early days, so like about a year in, I got a phone call 
really early in the morning from a, a beach cafe in Sandown saying, we're just about to knock through to make an extension and we found an old toilet block and inside there are a disused toilet block that has been completely locked up, like deck chair, stack of deck chairs from the 40s and 50s. <gasps> Like the canvas was just absolutely, it's never seen day. I mean, I hadn't seen daylight for like, you know, 50 years yeah, or something. Yeah. So I rushed down there <laughs> and um, I, keep, I keep those bits and pieces because I just, you know, I can't, they're just, they've got so much history attached to them. I mean, so sometimes new. you've got fabric that you almost can't bear. No. I think a lot of sewers will, will associate with that, that you're just like, oh, it's so gorgeous. I, I don't yeah. want to spoil but it. Then it's nicer to share, Georgia. It's nicer to share. <laughs> so if I started, have started, I have, yeah. I've given, there's some deck chair canvas on the, on the site at the moment that's from the 50s. The Shank And you started using some of the deck chair canvas for straps. Is that right? Did you say that to me at some point? Um, or did I make that up? Straps. We've got, at the moment, we've got webbing straps. Of, this is one of the telling you about we're working in background different straps for um the bags but i've got to be honest that's why we have the end of life policy at the moment webbing is the most durable uh fabric for straps yeah until we find something that's just as good i'm just not you know i'm not and also price point wise because i think it's really important to keep because because my initial point of things being not ethical but obvious Mm. I don't think it's good to put a price point. I mean, yes, everybody should have a living wage. Yes, everybody. That's again to me. That's obvious. I know it's not. It's not particularly rolled out as the norm, but it's obvious. You know, um, I think that you should try and keep an attainable price point if possible. And um, we do that. I mean, we've done that to the detriment of ourselves for the first few years of the business, totally. Um, and because. So we have products that ranging from like £6.50 right up to, I think the most expensive one is one four five, mm-hmm. And I hope that there's something for everyone there. We don't yeah. get it all the time. But that is really important to me. So whilst we're always trying to search for something in the background, we've got so many different categories we have to tick in order to still make that product viable yeah. um, for purchase and, and for people that, you know, it's... it's constant i mean every sustainable business will tell you that as you've just said you this is a constant thing in the background of trying to find resources and mm. alternatives and everything yeah yeah but i do i do still get so you know if we pull out the inflatables are amazing because obviously they're all different as well yeah. so I'll, get, I'll treat myself to a to a day making you know yeah and stuff and now you know once you get get into the swing of it you kind of we all (laughs) look at at things and go you know even our daughter was on some inflatable boats in a play thing the other day and she was sort of whizzing around on it and she said mum she shouted it across and she said mum when they finish with this you can make it into a bag oh lover no (laughs) embarrassing <laughs> but do you still love it? Do you still? Because sometimes when you've got something that's your passion and you, you really enjoy it, and um, when you turn that into a business, it can sometimes suck the love out of it and the joy out of it. Yeah, yeah it does. And I'd be lying if I said I haven't had moments of that. Of course, I have. I mean, everything. If you love something, actually, it's, it's even worse because then it, everything becomes a job, doesn't it? Mm, yes. Yeah. You know, but. I've got a key. Uh, one. I'm completely unemployable now because I'm 40 and I've been self-employed for such a long time. Yeah. I haven't got a choice. Um, <laughs> two. Uh, I 
um, you know, people do really hard, horrible jobs, you know, yeah. and, they yeah. do, and they don't get paid enough for them all over the world. So, you know, can, can you, can you moan? No, yeah. all the time. And, um, and, and we're lucky, you know, we're lucky to, to, um, to do, to do what we love doing, all, all of us, you know, and we, and that's why we work so hard. I don't think if you have, if you've got an ethos behind something, it makes it easier to get up and do it, doesn't it really? Yes. Yeah. If you've got that why that's driving you, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and it pushes you through the more difficult days because there are difficult days, you know? There yeah. It's are... never going to be plain sailing. Yeah. No, no. But I mean, to just sort of try and keep my perspective all the time and be, mm grateful for what, what what we've got is is um yeah it's how we yeah so what's next for Wyatt and Jack I feel I, I always feel really mean saying that to people because I'm like god you're really busy at the moment and I'm going what's next <laughs> yeah all right Jen <laughs> no pressure <laughs> um well this this year is really um exciting and we're just sorting out um logistics in the main because what we're trying to do is well, as I said to you earlier, Thomas Cook have, are rolling out the inflatable amnesty as a mm. roads resort, which is the most um, affected by plastic right. pollution. So trying to sort the logistics of getting it here and then offsetting, well, not offsetting because there's yeah. a, a cloud of doubt surrounding that, yes. isn't there? But, but you know what I mean? Trying to do it in the most sustainable way yes. possible. And so we're very much being guided by how many we get in. You know, they say... They're estimating they have 51,000 left at their resorts no. just in every year. 51,000, that's a lot. So, you know, you could like you could try and speak to me in a couple of weeks' time and it's like, well, wh- where is she underneath? Like, Drowning under a pile of flamingos, yeah. Um, some of them not be, if there's nothing wrong with them, can they not be somehow reused within the resort before they then end up? I think they do do, I think they do, do that, actually. I was talking to the lady, the sustainability manager, and they... They do do that to a certain extent, and they also sort of encourage the hiring of things. Yeah, rental rather than, yeah. yeah. You know, you can kind of take responsibility for things up to a certain point, yeah. but then there comes a point also where you're saying to people, we can do it together. You know, yeah. we, can all, we can all be responsible to a certain degree for what we're doing, and, and you ho- hope that that filters down. But it is a long process, and it is you have to, you know, be as um flexible as you can with that and and try and not create um an ego around it or a and just be approachable and and see how it goes and that's that's very much where we are now it could go in so many different directions for us now Mm. um i couldn't say to you right we're going to do that yeah um but we will always continue to try and develop products and ways of using fabric to generate as little waste as possible and keep doing what we're doing um on a larger scale so to make it more accessible to more more people yeah so i don't know which is the most exciting thing really that's that's the bit i think that probably drives me more than anything is the fact that i really don't know what's going to happen next i love that do you because that can go one of two ways it can either be like yeah i'm really excited oh my god that scares the crap out of me (laughs) I think it's funny. I just think everything's funny because I just think, you know, every time you kind of feel like, I don't know, tired or mm-hmm. you know, kids are playing up or whatever and you, things aren't going quite right. And then you stop, especially in the shop, and you look around and there's like a frog. Yes. 
or like, you know, a crab with a weird sort of open mouth and it's a bit dubious as to what that's for. <laughs> it just gives you, like, again, it's just a reality check, isn't it? It's just like, you know, actually yeah. things are not that bad and and it's great that people are more aware and it's great that the reactions that people have when they come in and that you can affect people's lives in that way in a positive yes. way yeah um, I don't I just think that however busy it gets you kind of think well yeah but it's a choice we made the choice and yeah you know, that's it really we're lucky and you mentioned the shop there how long have you had the shop we've only had the shop since December oh wow yeah okay so we thought originally we'd go for a December kind of pop-up type situation. Yep. I did a bit of reading around the high street and it's not obvious. And I mean, it's not so difficult to see what's happening with the high street, especially in seasonal areas. Yeah. So <clears throat> again, morally, I felt a bit like pulled towards keeping it because I thought, well, actually, you know, we shouldn't really come in for a month and then say, all right, thanks. We've, we've done Christmas. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Yeah wanted to support it and I wanted it to be a collection point and it's right near the ferry the ride ferry yes yeah well we we went over to the Isle of Wight at Easter and um got the hovercraft over and yeah Did you we, think we, were we closed no you were open so we came in you weren't there but yeah we came in and the boys oh, loved all the, looking at all the things. told me and I was <laughs> so as you say it's in ride isn't it on the Isle of Wight right by the the ferry yeah, by the ferry yeah and um and and you know, it has, we're tweaking it all the time. I mean, so at first we were like, you know, well, how are we going to, because it's silly really, don't, as I just said to you, just kind of trying to think, oh yeah, it'd be a good idea. People can see the fabrics, they can drop off inflatables. We're actually doing an event soon where we're going to do a kind of drop off your inflatables and come and pick it up as a bag later on in the day. Oh my God. Make it that, yeah, which is going to be the next couple of weeks. So um, I can let you know about that. So um, I, and I think it, people like to see things being made, but from our point of view as well, we were like, oh, great, have a shop. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, yeah, we've got to stock it. Stock mm, it. Start it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving the machines over was one of those kind of, in the morning, we weren't going to move the machines over. And then I went to post something and I just thought, actually, we should probably just move the machines over. And by quarter past one that afternoon, we were set up, ready to go again. So now you, you physically make the bags in the shop so somebody can be staffing the shop and making bags at the same time which makes perfect sense yeah yeah and and um also forces us well this is what steve said he's like oh well that'll force you to be more organized now won't <laughs> thank you <You're> darling right. <laughs> <laughs> guess what hasn't though i noticed about the shop was that just um even if people were walking past and not coming in, everybody was stopping to look in the window because it's such an eye-catching, you know, window display and it's so bright and, and it starts, even if it doesn't start a conversation, if they're on their own, I think it starts cogs wearing as like, oh, they're reusing and oh, that's great. And I think all these things that can start conversations are just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to start people talking. Yeah. Mm. That, that's what I like as well. And also things like um, we had a really nice, photo sent to us of somebody who had bought a deck chair canvas bag and then they sent a photograph of their grandparents sitting on the <gasps> same canvas the same oh. stripe from yeah. years ago uh, late 70s and it's so cool because she bought the bag because it reminded her of those holidays where yes. we weren't around anymore and that is just like 
So every time she carries that bag, she thinks of her grandparents. Yeah. Is, that's really lovely. Yes, definitely. And people say about the smell of the canvas, it does hold the Dutch canvas. It does. And the Bouncy Castle, because it's just that sort of slightly sweaty, hot... <laughs> I'm not saying the bags stink, but do you know what I mean? There is a special smell to... <laughs> he says quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, the deck check canvas I was going to focus on there particularly. Uh, <laughs> actually, they don't really smell bad because they... It's just sort of plasticky smell. Yeah. But the canvas will hold things like coconut oil type... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...and lotion type stuff. And even with how, whichever process it goes through it will still have a little bit of that remaining on it, which I think, you know, we like smells really evoke holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. yeah, nice, nice things, you know, like a smile brings a smile. To yes. People. And just looking at the bags, you know, if I am scrolling through Instagram and I see your feed never fails to make me smile and because it's just so bright and oh (laughs) Oh, it does and I love watching you know your stories as well and like oh we're gonna these will be in the shop at seven and oh it's just yeah I think it's lovely (laughs) that's really funny because if I think about sometimes you know as well when you post you might not be thinking anything like that at all you're kind of thinking Right, I better get this out because I'm going to go and do that, and then I'm going yes, to get that out, yes, and then I'm going to do yes. this. And <laughs> I really don't know what to say today. Content, I think, is tricky, isn't it? Content having. Um, well, I was going to say that you, constant, your products, content must be so easy because they're so photographable, and do you know, like, it, it's not just like it doesn't look like an endless stream of buy my bag, buy my bag, buy my bag. It's just like, look at this one, it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so because it really isn't by my bag, by my bag. Yeah, yeah, look at this Marvel superhero or whatever. Um, And uh, I just think, oh, it's on a white background again. Oh, it's a white background. Oh, oh, it's on a white background. Actually, one of the. I think it's. You need a white background because the colours are just so (laughs) colourful. You do, but it's so, it would be nice to have a, a um, an idea of context, I think, sometimes right. in terms of size. Yeah. So, you know, like if you get them on a person. But what I would love to do in my head is when you say, what are you doing next? I would love to say to you, well, Joan, what we're going to do is this amazing lifestyle shoot and it's going to be really great. And because that's what I would love to do. But the turnover of around the beach. so quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and it has to be in Bahamas, uh, which is not a very sustainable journey at all. Um, but, but for the products, the turnover, the turnover of products, you know, mm. and the fact that they're individual, like nearly impossible to try and get a group of products together, especially now we've got the shop, you know, then we post yeah. something, we post something and it's gone. Yeah. So, um, so I'm trying to build up in the background a little selection of things just so we can show things like inner pockets or outer pockets or right. different features and then the size in comparison to the person wearing it and, yeah. that, you know, that kind of stuff, really. Maybe wow. a YouTube video or something like that, I don't know. So um, just as we sort of come to the, the end, who do you think would be somebody great to interview for another episode of Sustainable-ish? Um, I don't know. There's so many people at the moment doing things that are, are really cool. Yeah. It, well, I mean, and you're at the forefront of it, so I don't think I could probably offer any advice. On that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Stellan's lovely. She makes things. She makes things from from our offcuts and also from t-shirt yarn waste production. 
So did, did she do those beautiful earrings that you have in the show? Yes. Mm. Everyone loves the earrings. And yes. she's a nice person as well. Um, she's really cool. So even your reclaimed fabrics, the offcuts from that are then made into something else, which I think is just... Yeah, as much as possible. You know, yeah. as much as we can we do that, we do. We save everything up and um, also the resin bangles. So yeah. we have resin bangles and Rochford, Brad and his wife Maria make them in Newquay from the runoffs from his surfboard um, shaping. Brilliant. So, and they, they've been really popular, actually. I'm just trying to think of, you know... I suppose you've had Elvis and Chrissy on already. No, I haven't. And they are on my, they are on my bucket list. So yeah, I would love to speak to them. Yeah, she's really lovely. Um, oh, I don't know, Jen. That's a tough one. Can I get back to you on yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where can we find you online if we want to come and drool over all your bags and That's maybe Wyatt, take ourselves? Wyattandjack.com. And mm-hmm. then the journey of them really, probably more of the workshop stuff is on Instagram mainly. And then um, Facebook. And are you at Wyatt and Jack on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice and, and easy. Then, uh, things that, I don't know, Facebook's good for, for sharing of other things, isn't it? There's so many. Yeah. There's like a movement at the moment and there's so many cool things happening and changes being made really quickly. It's amazing, really. Yeah. Um, people doing something. And if anyone ventures over to the Isle of Wight for their summer holidays, they can find you, as you said, it's, it's literally just up the hill, isn't it, from the ferry? Yeah, on um, the left hand side. Ride. Yeah, next to an amazing Afro-Caribbean restaurant called Bendoulas, who do really good, really good food um, on the left-hand side. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much for, I know how, I can imagine how busy and crammed you are and to carve out some time to talk to us. This is absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Thanks for asking us. It's brilliant. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.